Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. We had a powerful service this morning in the 9 a.m. service, and you know, one of the only negatives of having two services is having to finish the first one. God was moving so powerfully at the altar call that we had to stop because we had to transition for the second service, but how many believe that God can do it again in this second service? How many believe that God can visit us even stronger in this second service? Amen? Do something even greater. Last, or last Wednesday, tell the person next to you this, your praise is a weapon. Now, if you don't know what that means, I challenge you to go to the podcast, go to the YouTube, go to Facebook and watch Wednesday's message. It ties into today, and it's very, very important of how important it is to praise God. Amen? And what a weapon it is. And so please go look at that uh, this week if you haven't already. But I want to talk about spiritual warfare. How many have ever had somebody do something in your life that really frustrated you? You had a situation, you got to the place where you were so mad that you said, this means war. Or you've crossed the line, I'm done, amen? Enough is enough. How many want to tell that to the devil this morning? Enough is enough, amen? You've already done too much to my family. You've already done, come on, you've already done too much to my city. You've already done too much to my body. No more. Say it with me. This means war, amen? This means war. Now, some of you might be here and you might be saying, oh, peace, not war. Well, let me tell you something. The Bible is full of war. We're never going to get away from it, and I'm going to get into why this morning, but you need to understand that there is going to be an ultimate final war, amen, and that's at the end of the book of Revelations, and our, our, our world started with war when there was a rebellion, amen, and there's been war in between. Now, we know there's wars in this world that are economically based and, and power based and all that, but in the Bible, war is mentioned over 200 times. It's in there a lot. And the first war that ever happened was when Satan rebelled against God and he said, I am as high or higher than God. And he got prideful and there was a war that happened in the heavenlies. The Bible calls this in the Old Testament. I don't have time to go into all to that today. But Satan was kicked out of heaven. And when he was kicked out, one third of all the angels in heaven followed Satan. And ever since that moment... The Bible tells us that there is a daily battle, a daily war for our souls. Every single day. There is a war between the kingdoms of darkness and the kingdoms of light. The kingdoms of Satan and the kingdom of God. Amen? I want to tell you this morning, it's a fixed fight. It's already won. This is a war that's already been won. We just have to walk it out. Can you say amen? Now, when we tell the devil this line has been crossed, something has to rise up inside of us that tells us, I'm going to learn how to fight. Now, how many fighters do I have in here that before you got saved, you got in a few fights? Let me see your hands. I I told them Wednesday night, if you just got punched in the nose one time, that would count as a fight. Amen. But what, what, what God wants us to do is he doesn't want us to lose our fight. I always tell our new converts, especially when they tell me I've been to prison or I've been to jail or I used to push drugs or I used to do this or I used to do that. I said, don't stop being that, having that tenacity that you had before you got saved. 
just turn that around on the devil. Because unfortunately, a lot of people get saved and they turn into sissies. Amen. And we shouldn't turn into sissies. We should turn into stronger people because it's not by might or by power, but by the spirit of the living God this morning. Amen. That we have inside of us. So we should be stronger now than before we met Jesus. But I've seen people like that, that they were fighters and they were this and they were that. And they just change. And God wants us to keep that tenacity for the things of God. Amen. He just wants us to channel it in the right direction. Now, I want to open up the Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. If you've got your Bibles, we read this Wednesday night. So that's why this ties in. Because as we're in a war, we, how many know we need to know how to fight the war? This says, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. So there is a real battle going on, but it's not a physical battle anymore. It's not a physical fist battle or guns or, or knives or swords. It's a spiritual battle. But we are in these physical bodies, and how many know we face a lot of things that are physical? Physical pain, financial, things we see. I want you to understand this morning that there is a different realm this morning that we're working in that's not here on this earth. I want you to know this this morning, and I want you to believe this from the Scriptures. What is unseen in the spiritual world is more real than what we see in the physical. It's more real. It, 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 I know that's hard to understand, but I, you need to get that separation in your understanding that that, that world that we're going to, that, that spiritual world that we're going to enter into into eternity is more real than what we have here physically because we're just a soul here. This is just a physical body that's going to die. And then we're going to keep living. Amen? So we know this physical body, and, and we have to understand that this is all we know, and so sometimes it's hard to separate flesh and spirit. So he says, we're not warring, and there's the word war, according to our flesh. Let's keep reading. But for the weapons of our warfare, spiritual warfare, are not carnal or fleshly, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. There are strongholds in this, in our lives, in our families, in our neighborhoods. There are demonic things that I'm going to get into in a moment that are going on that we have to fight. And it says, this is key, if you mark in your Bible, if you highlight in any way, I want you to, do the, I want you to mark this down. It says, casting down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Let's leave that verse 5 up for a second. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Satan was, was called Lucifer. He was the most beautiful angel in heaven. And I want to remind you this morning, the Bible says pride comes before a fall. Be careful that you feel like you've arrived. One of the greatest things a Christian can do is stay humble. Because exalta exaltation is something of the flesh. We, we, in our flesh, we want to be exalted. We want to be known. We, we want to we pat on the back. Satan himself, if we think we can't fall, Satan himself was in the presence of God and fell. So if God, if Satan could fall in the presence of God, how many know we can fall? So we have to understand what's demonic. 
Have you ever asked that question, is this demonic, is that demonic? Now, some things are more obvious than others that are demonic. But if you ask that question, is this demonic or is that demonic? When you think about this, here's what's demonic. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God is demonic. Anything that tries to take the place of God. Anything that tries to become equal of God. And, and here's, the, here's the difficult part, church. Sometimes we can have things in our lives that without the Holy Spirit we don't realize we have placed in the place of God. Whoa. They must not have done that in the first service because they said amen. Bringing, watch this, every thought, and there's where a major battle is in our minds, into, the cap, into captivity and here's the key, to the obedience of Christ. We need to bring everything to the obedience of Christ, and Christ is the Word. Amen. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Father, anoint your Word this morning. Lord, even those that have already heard this message on the serve team, and Lord, those that are here the, hearing it for the first time, anoint it, arrest our minds to hear, to get revelation, to get understanding, Father. Put a fight in our spirit this morning and help us get a hold of the truth of your word that, Lord, we are at war this morning, but the devil is defeated and he is under our feet by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, Lord. Make that clear this morning, and we ask you to speak to us in Jesus' name. And everybody said? We have a real war we're fighting, but I want to tell you just a disclaimer, just so you know for the rest of the service, we're going to win. The good news is we're going to win. The only way we can lose is to put our fists down. Now, when I say fists, I mean spiritually. We still have to put our fists up, but it's in the spiritual. Okay, we still have to fight, but it's in the spiritual. It's not a, a, spirit, a physical fight. Lots of Christians, I believe, don't walk in victory because they're fighting in the physical. They're not fighting in the spiritual. They're fighting their spouse. They're fighting their job. They're fighting their flesh. They're fighting their work. They're fighting their boss. They're fighting all kinds of things, and they never understand that the devil's just laughing at them because it's not a physical fight. It's a spiritual fight. This is spiritual warfare, and it goes on all the time, but we can be victorious all the time. We don't have to be uh, winning some and losing some. Listen, we can win every single battle. Did you hear me? We can win every single battle if we take things captive and bring them to the obedience of Christ. Here's another verse. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong. That's why I said earlier, don't get weak now that you're a believer. Be strong. When you're going through something really difficult, how many want somebody strong in the spirit around you? How many want to have somebody that's going to pray and agree with you that's not afraid of the devil? That's not afraid to fight in the spirit? That's not afraid to face the devil head on? Hello? Be strong, he says, in the Lord, not in my power, in the Lord, and in the power of his might. Finally, brethren, put on the whole armor of God. Now, I'm not going to read the armor this morning for time, but it continues in verses later. He says, put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, meaning there are plans against your life from the devil. But here's, here's the thing I want you to picture. Go back to that verse before, one second. Here's what I picture. I saw this many years ago. I don't have a lot of visions or anything, but I saw in the Spirit something very interesting. Here's the sad thing. 
In, in that armor that you can look at later, there's the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, feet shotted with the p- gospel of peace, best belt of truth, and shield of faith and sword of the spirit. There's the armor of God. Here's the sad reality. A lot of Christians today are going out to war even though they don't want to. Because they have to. They're in war. We're in war. How many know if you don't go out to war, the war will come to you? How many would like to be more on the offense this morning than on the defense? How many would like to wake up every morning and tell the devil that he's already defeated before he even tries to lie to you? Amen? We can be in that place. We can be offensive. We can wake up and say every day, not today, devil. Not today. That's not happening. Just so you know. There was an old preacher, I'm going to come back to this thought, there was an old preacher who was very powerful in the, in the, in the word of God and in his faith, and, and, and so he says one time he woke up in the middle of the night and his bed was shaking and there was noises going on, and he looked down and he saw the devil, and he goes, oh, that's just you, and went back to sleep. How many, I'm not afraid of the devil. Not because of anything that I am, but because of everything that Jesus is. How many are not afraid of the devil this morning? If you are, you can leave after this service not being afraid of him anymore. Amen. Because he's defeated. And so as you think about this armor, here's the sad thing. Lots of Christians are at war with a helmet on and they're naked. And we wonder why we're defeated. Because the Bible tells us we have to put on the full armor of God. It's not something we wake up with. When you wake up and go to work, do you go without putting clothes on? Right? You've got to get up out of bed and put clothes on, thank God. And so you can go be, be clothed. It's the same way. How many, people would, how many people would wake up tomorrow to go to work and not put clothes on? Nobody. But we do that in the spirit. We wake up and we don't put the armor of God on. And then we go into a battle we don't want to be in, but we're in it anyways. And we're walking around defeated all the time because we just have a helmet on. No shield, no belt, no sword, no breastplate of righteousness. Are you with me? Church, I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. I'm just telling you that the the, the church has lost its power. And this is why I'm preaching this. The church needs to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to operate in the power of God. We need to, we need to be those people that as we're walking, the devil knows where we're at. Amen. So he says, he will be able to stand against all the wiles or plans or strategies of the devil. Let's keep reading. For we do not wrestle. Now it doesn't say we don't wrestle at all. We don't wrestle against flesh. We do wrestle spiritually. And here's what we wrestle against. And this is what you need to understand, church. I don't think this is preached a lot today. Yet our world is there. This is what's going on in our world. We are fighting against principalities. Powers. Real powers. This is another problem. If you don't understand that the devil's real, you're not going to be able to defeat him. Any person to be, defeat their enemy has to respect their enemy. You have to understand the devil's real. We're going to see that in the scriptures this morning. There's real powers. And, and, and one of the things that I, I hit on a lot, and I, and I just say this out of experience, is, and I didn't mention one part in the first service. I mentioned this, one, mentioned one, but didn't mention both. Today I'm going to mention both in the second service. Is what we watch and what we listen to. 
We don't understand when we watch that horror movie or that demonic movie or that movie that we think is just a movie what it does to our spirits. We don't understand when we put music on that has an agenda behind it. Oh, it got quiet in here. I must be speaking to somebody. We don't, we don't pay attention to the fact that, that if Satan was the leader of music and music's so powerful and he's behind it, we don't watch what we're listening to, the music that we're listening to. And we wonder why we're walking in defeat. Are you all still here? Amen. Powers, real powers against the rulers of darkness of this age. Have you ever asked the question, how could somebody do that? How could someone go into a school and shoot 20 people? How could somebody rape somebody? How could somebody do these things that we see happen all the time? Guess how? Demons are moving in their lives. Just like when you say, how could somebody do something so brave? Or how could somebody do something so good? Because God's behind them and they're doing it out of love. Someone does those things out of demonic oppression. Led by the devil. Pushed by the devil. I want you to understand this morning as we leave this up for a moment. This is very important. We have a spiritual realm and a natural realm. And we have to understand that there are three heavens this morning. The Bible tells us this in the very first scripture. Now when we think of heavens, we, we, some people would say, have you ever heard the saying seventh heaven? Well, there's not seven heavens, okay? That's just a saying. Cloud nine, that would work better because there's lots of clouds. There's not seven heavens, there's three. Paul talks about it in the Corinthians, but in the very first verse of the Bible, let's see if we know our Bible, in the beginning God created the heavens and the is it heaven and the earth or is it heavens and the earth there's one earth okay and lots of people ask is there aliens on other planets is there life on other planets god said heavens and earth that's all he told us there's one earth there's many heavens plural in this heaven that we live in, now some people say we live on heaven on earth. No, I'm not talking about on the ground. The heavens, the first heaven, is the heavens that we have, the atmosphere above that we see. The stars, the moon, the sky. The second heaven is another heaven, and the third heaven is where God is right now, in, where His presence is. So, in between, where God is and where we are is the second heaven. And in the second heaven is where the devil and his demons work. The second heaven between here on heaven and in earth, on, on, or here on earth and in heaven is a battle. Do you remember when Jesus said, "Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven"? Well, there's a battle between God's will and our will, and it's in the second heaven. It's a battle of flesh and blood. It's a battle of darkness and light. It's a battle of good and evil. It's a battle of God against Jesus. I mean, Jesus against Satan. Amen. How many are seeing what I'm saying? So in this realm, all kinds of things happen that we don't recognize. This is what this verse is talking about. Maybe churches just pass on this or, or they just think it's metaphorical. It's real. It's real. Powers, rulers of the darkness of this age. There's a satanic church. Church is. There's witchcraft. There's sorcery. There's divination. I think I might have stepped on some toes in the first service, so I'll step on some more in this service. If you have Harry Potter stuff in your house, you should burn it. 
It's demonic. It's witchcraft. It's sorcery. But it's cute and it's fun and it's for kids. No, it's an awesome way of the devil to get into people's houses. I don't care if you amen me. I don't care a bit. It's the truth. Go burn it. Use it for some firewood. Amen. It's the truth, church. It's witchcraft. But you know what the world has done? The world has glamorized witchcraft. The world has made it to be not that big of a deal. And it doesn't look like that big of a deal, but it's destroying lives behind the scenes because it's in a spiritual realm. I was listening to a testimony, pay attention, to a couple of people who used to be witches and have gotten saved. One of them was a woman who's now probably in her 30s, and she says that when she was a young girl, she got into witchcraft. Listen closely, parents. She went to a Christian church. She was raised in a Christian home. But she would go to school, and she would get bullied and picked on. And so she began to hang around with other kids that were being bullied and picked on. And then one night, she was invited to go to a sleepover, and they watched, as the girls in the, in the, in the house, they watched the movie Charmed. It was a bit middle 90s. That movie just, oh, Charmed. And so they watched this movie to sleep over, and she began to see the power that those girls had in this movie, and she got into nine years of witchcraft. All kinds of horrible things. But she says, I lived in a Christian home. Now I want you to, I want this, I'm not saying this to condemn you, but can you imagine how many Christian homes there are in this world that have all kinds of hell going on in their house and the parents don't even know it? Come on, church. If you are living for God and you believe in Jesus Christ, there is no way in H-E double hockey sticks that someone's going to be living in my house doing witchcraft and me not know it. I'm going to know it. Hello? Are you going to know it? There's no way that stuff's going on in my house. That's why you got to get rid of some stuff. You got to throw some stuff out. You got to watch what your kids are watching. You got to watch what you're watching. Because this is real, church. It's real powers and principalities. And we've got a church that is bound today. And when I say that, I'm not talking, I hope, about this church. I'm talking about the church in general. It's powerless today. No one talks about spiritual warfare. Everybody talks about, here's the best life you can have. Here's prosperity. Name it and claim it. Well, how about people killing themselves? How about people dying in drug addictions? How about people dying in gang wars? What's, ha- what's causing all that? Demon forces that think parents go to church is going to protect them. You can go to church all you want. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean anything. You better be discerning and asking God to help you know what's in your house. Another man goes on to tell his testimony, and he's, he's served for 25 years in witchcraft, in the Wiccan. And he got into it for a very similar reason. I found that a lot of these people that get into witchcraft, they get into it because they don't have friends, or they want power, or they've been treated a certain way, and they see the power. Because church, I want you to realize as I leave this verse up, it's real power. It's not a movie. It's real. 
And it's attacking our schools. It's attacking everybody. It's attacking our minds. It's attacking our music. It's attacking our teenagers. And it's real. And he says that as he got into this, and I want you to listen closely to this, he got into this, he, he began to realize after he got saved that the kingdom of darkness functions just like the kingdom of God. Listen closely to this. Because Satan cannot, say cannot, cannot or cannot, cannot do anything original. He is a copier. And so this man says as he came out, thank God, and we need those people who come out of these things to, to teach us. He says that he learned that Satan and the way that the satanic church and witchcraft is organized is just like the kingdom of God. Because Satan can't do anything different. So there's organization just like the kingdom of God. So what do I mean? Just like we are ambassadors for Christ, and our call, although we fail many times, is to go reach the lost and preach the gospel, there are people that are in the satanic church and are in witchcraft, and they're the ambassadors for Satan. And just like we're supposed to go tell people about what Jesus has done in our lives, he, they go out and recruit people for the church of Satan and to be in witchcraft. Same way. Just like there are angels, as the Bible says, that minister to us and protect us, there are demons who come to attack us. Are you seeing the parallel? It's the same. Anything that's in the kingdom of God is in the kingdom of darkness, but it's for evil. But it's going to operate the same way. This man said that they even speak in tongues in the satanic church and in witchcraft. Everything that you see in the Bible, they do. They pray. They pray in tongues. They give. They go to church. They serve. They, all these things they do just like the church. But it's for Satan. And he says that he would get in rank and he would start getting bigger regions. This says principalities, rulers against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. He was in New York, and he said, I forgot the word again. I looked at it between services and still forgot, but it's a word that when they leave their body and go somewhere else, there's a word for it that they use. And he would go to different neighborhoods. He would recruit during the day, and he would go do incantations and divination and witchcraft at night. And he would go to different cities and different places out of his body, and he would curse streets, and he would curse people, and, and he would do all these wicked things. But he said sometimes he'd get to a neighborhood where some godly people were. And he could feel that his power was limited there. He couldn't do anything because there was... God-fearing, praying people in that area. And you'd have to go pick another street. How many want the devil to pick another street? I want the devil to pick another address. Because the Spirit of God is so strong in you. He said one time, and they would do this a lot, someone came to him and said, I want you to kill my sister. Paid him $10,000. He said, I'll, I'll do it for free if she's a Christian. So he, he went to do his, his incantations and his witchcraft, and 30 days passed. And he says in his testimony, he was thankful he didn't charge because he couldn't kill her. 60 days passed and 90 days passed, and he didn't have the power to kill her. Are you listening to me? Satan doesn't have power over us this morning, church. Je Jesus defeated him on the cross. 
The only way Satan can defeat us is if we put our hands down and we don't walk in the authority of God. Amen? I want to remind you again, the only way we lose is if we quit. But we can have uh, collateral damage take place in our lives if we let the devil move. Okay? Now, I want to move on here and show you another verse. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. We are enlisted in the army of the Lord. We have some people in here that have been in the military, and when you uh, enlist in the military, you have to sign a contract, and you have to stay the years that you put there, and if you get out before, it's called a dishonorable discharge. A lot of Christians don't understand when we get saved, we, the Bible says we're bought with the price of the blood of Jesus Christ, and we are enlisted into the army of God, not the social club of God. Hello? Not a place to gather, not a lion's club. We're enlisted into an army. God wants this church to be an army, to function like an army of soldiers who know how to rightly divide the word of truth and who are not afraid of the devil and who are speak life over Denton, Texas and declare that this city's going to have a revival. But we got to start acting like soldiers, church we got to start carrying ourselves like soldiers, soldiers, walking like soldiers. 2 Timothy chapter 2 says it. You, you, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus. And the things, here's discipleship. And the things that you have heard from me, Paul says, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Watch. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I believe there's Christians in this world that do not know that the Bible calls them a soldier. Anybody that's been in the military loves this. Because it's now you are a soldier in, 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 in your life and now you're a soldier in Christ. And some of you were never able to be a soldier before and now you're a soldier in Christ. I mean, you know, the Bible is calling us soldiers here. And it says, no one engaged in warfare, look at that word, warfare, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. How many want to please God this morning? Church, when we don't, in, you know what enduring hardships means? I think there's an error in thinking on this. When we hear that, we think automatically, I think, that we, we are going to suffer loss or we're going to be in pain all the time or, or we're, gonna have, we're just going to walk in defeat. That's not what he's saying. Enduring hardships is going through whatever we got to go through to be in the will of God. And like I said last Sunday, sometimes it's poverty, sometimes it's riches, sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down, sometimes it's healthy, sometimes it's not. It doesn't matter. I'm going to serve God. But I can be on the mountaintop, I can be in victory if I'm walking in power and defeating the devil in spiritual warfare. Not allowing him to make me a punching bag. I think a lot of Christians are punching bags. Just punch, 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 punch. And we never punch back. How many are going to punch back? How many are going to get on the offense? Like I said, wake up in the morning and tell the devil I'm up. 
Not in a prideful way, because of who Jesus is in me. Too many Christians don't know who they are in Jesus. Every little thing scares them. Every little thing rattles them. Every little thing shakes them. Who is Jesus then? We need to remember this says, I'm going to walk in a way that would please him who enlisted me as a soldier. The kingdom of darkness attacks our minds, attacks our finances, attacks our marriages, attacks our relationships, attacks our commitment to the Lord, attacks the word of God. Are we just going to keep letting the devil do those things? Are we going to rise up and say, this means war, devil? We are drawing the line. We're not going to let you do this anymore. We're not going to walk in defeat anymore. I'm going to walk in victory. 1 Peter chapter 5, watch this. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Church, we need to understand the devil is watching for weak prey. Weak prey. He's watching for somebody. I, I was blessed to have the opportunity one time when I went to preach in Africa to go on a safari and see the lions down. I've got a picture of six feet from me in a car, thank God, with the windows up. Amen. Right there. And they're just prowling down. And when I looked at that lion in the car with my camera, he didn't even look at me. Never turned his head towards me at all. His eyes were on his prey. When an animal goes to attack like a lion, how many know he doesn't attack a crowd? That's why this is so important right here. Don't ever get tired of me texting you and telling you, we need to see you in church. Haven't seen you for a while. We missed you today. Don't ever get tired of that. Because what I'm trying to do is keep you in the pack. I'm trying to keep you in a place of protection so the devil can't prey on you. When you're in a group like this, how many know if someone tried to come in and attack us right now, they'd think twice when they see this many people? Especially VWO, because we'd shoot back. Amen. A lot of people that would shoot back, they'd pick the wrong church. Amen. Hello? Amen. Are you with me? It's the truth. That lion looks for that one animal to get off track. It can be any kind of animal. So you don't realize, it doesn't matter how small they are, when they stay in a pack, that lion can't get them. But once, that, once the pack goes left and he goes right, he's dead. When you're off on your own and you're not in church and you're isolating yourself and you're missing, you're a prey to the devil. And the Bible says he is a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Not play games with, not mess your hair up, devour. Satan's plan is to drag you to hell. To spend eternity where he's bound to go. That's what he wants to do. That's where he wants to take you. Watch the next verse. Resist him. How many know resistance is, is, is action? Not physically, spiritually. Parents, some of you need to start putting your foot down and telling the devil no more. You're not going to talk to my kids no more. You're not going to bother my spouse anymore. You're not going to mess with my finances anymore. You're not going to mess with my house anymore. You've got to put your foot down and resist the devil. Say, I have power in the name of Jesus. And be steadfast in the faith. That's the problem. We're up and we're down. We're up and we're down. We're up and we're down. That's why praise is a weapon. 
No matter what I'm going through, I can lift my hands and say, Lord, I'll praise you in this storm, and I'll praise you in the good, and I'll praise you in the bad, and I'm going to keep on praising you, Lord, until I win the victory because there's praise, power in my praise. Amen. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in all the world. That's another message in itself. I won't go there today. We don't face anything in this country compared to what they face in other countries. Now, in that verse, there and the one before, did anybody see the word, be afraid? Was it there? Go back and show them just to be sure. Sober, vigilant, roaring lion, next verse, resist him, steadfast. Do you see fear? Why, why are Christians afraid of the devil? Why are Christians afraid? Why should we be afraid? Matter of fact, he says, I've not given you a spirit of fear but of love and of power and sound mind. Amen? We don't have to be afraid of the devil. We don't have to be afraid of the devil. Listen to what it says in Philippians chapter 2, why we don't. God has highly exalted him. See, Satan wanted to go up and be exalted. Satan wanted to be higher than God. And what happened to Satan? He got kicked out. Jesus humbled himself. And became obedient to the cross and came down into a human body and lived for us and became nothing. He became the least. And because of that, his father exalted him to be highly exalted and gave him the name which is above every name. Leave that there for a second. Every name. His name, Jesus. Why do we say Jesus so much? Why? Jesus, the name of Jesus is above every name. It's above the name of cancer. It's above the name of drugs. It's above the name of Satan. It's above the name of suicide. It's above the name of anger. It's above every name. And you need to speak to those spirits and tell them in the name of Jesus, you've got to get out. Amen. Next verse, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every knee, even the spiritual knees of the devil, the spiritual knees of his demons, they'll bow. They're going to bow. All those spirits have to bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. Now, by the way, this is just some theology and doctrine for you. Satan's not in hell. Satan is in the second heaven, roaming, roaming the second heaven, fighting against in principle. He's not in hell. He's going to go there eventually. Think about this. If he was in hell, he would be. What, 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 what do people in hell do? What, what are they, what's their problem? They're stuck, right? They can't get out. If he was in hell, he couldn't roar. If he was in hell, he couldn't roam. He's not in hell. He's loose. The Bible says in Revelation at the end, he'll be tied up for a thousand years. Right now he's loose. He's loose. But he doesn't have to be loose in your life. He doesn't have to be loose in your marriage. He doesn't have to be loose in your money. He doesn't have to be loose in your mind. Amen. Are you with me? And those on earth and those under the earth. Now watch this. This, this is the most important part of the message. Matthew 18. The power of of agreement and the power of binding and loosing assuredly now this is jesus red letter i say to you whatever can someone tell me the definition of whatever 
anything. So it's not like, well, God is more strong than that, but not this. Whatever it says, you bind on earth. What does bound mean? Bound. Whatever you bind on earth. Now here's the parallel between earth and heaven, physical and spiritual. Whatever I bind on this earth is bound in heaven. And whatever I loose on this earth is loosed in heaven. So when I bind, I bind that spirit of rebellion in my kid. I bind that spirit of jealousy. I bind that spirit of pornography. I bind that spirit of anger. Whatever you want to put there, I bind it in the name of Jesus. And it has to be bound. Or I loose healing. I loose the peace of God. I loose the presence of God. I loose, how many of you see what I'm saying? Binding and loosing. Binding and loosing. We have that power. It's, it's ours from God. It's authority given to him. Have you read the Bible where it says that, that in, in Mark 16, these signs will follow. Those who believe in my name will cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. If they drink or touch anything deadly, it won't hurt them. And they'll lay their hands on the sick and they'll recover. Jesus said we can do all that. He said, I've given you power over serpents and scorpions. But how many people today, even Christians, are walking around with no power because they don't use it? And they're walking and they're being walked over by the devil, being walked over by their kids, being walked over by their circumstances. Church, it's time for you to tell the devil, I'm tired of this, I'm fed up with this, I'm putting my foot down. This means war. Next verse. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree, every Sunday morning we drive into church, we hold hands and we pray for the service and we agree together. Boy, when you pray with your spouse and you agree together, it's a powerful thing. How about praying together as a family, praying together as, as spouses and, 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 and binding the spirit that you're fighting instead of talking about it? Oh, man, our, our finances are so messed up. What are we going to... Father, in the name of Jesus, we bind this enemy over our finances right now. We bind this spirit that's causing us to be in lack. And we loose the blessings of God, Father, where two or more agree on anything that they ask. It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Anything. Now, we see this picture... I could use many examples, but I want you to see that this pertains right in, in Luke chapter 13. Look at this, verse 12. Jesus is praying for a woman who's sick, and he says he saw her, he called to her to him, and said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Leave, that, leave it there and think about this. Jesus in his power says that sickness has had you bound. But today, in the name of Jesus, you are loosed from this infirmity. When was the last time we prayed specifically in the name of Jesus with faith over a spirit that's attacking your family? 
Let's be honest. Maybe we talk about it. Maybe we recognize it's real. Maybe we even recognize that God could defeat it. But how often do we tie it all together and say, Lord, on this earth, you've given me power from heaven to touch the spiritual realm in my physical body and use faith to bind that spirit that is affecting my family or my finances or my health or my mind or whatever. And today I take authority over it and I command that spirit to be bound or I command that thing to be loosed. He says you're loosed from your infirmity. How many believe that God can do that in your situation today? As the musicians begin to come, 1 John 4, 4 tells us this, there's nothing in this world that is greater than God. That's why Jesus said, with man, this isn't possible. But with God, all things, can you say all things? All things are possible. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because He who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. That ought to be a part of your prayer vocabulary. I pray it all the time. Lord, greater is he that is in me than the devil that's in this world. Now let me give you something else. Go ahead and put that background up for a second. Let me give you something else to think about this morning as we begin to close. God is omnipotent, meaning all-powerful. God is omniscient, meaning all-knowing. Power, omniscient, missing one. And omnipotent. Omnipresent, sorry. Meaning he's everywhere. Let me just put a quirk in your fear. We give the devil too much, too much credit. Because the devil can't be everywhere at one time. He's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient, omniscient and he's not uh, omnipotent. So he has to use demons to do his work. So maybe we should not, and I'm guilty of this myself, maybe we should pray less against Satan and more against the spirits of darkness that are fighting us. Because he can't be everywhere. And if you think he's picking on you all the time, you th- you're, not as, you're not as important as you think you are. Hello? That the, that the one devil in the world could be picking on you out of the eight billion people? What are the odds? Are y'all still here? Am I saying something that's not biblical? Okay. The devil can't be everywhere but his demons can. So we need to make sure we bind his spirits, bind his authorities, bind that devil that, that, that he's using, those demons that he's using. And it's real, church, because I know that I've seen this many times over the years in, in ministry, praying for people, casting out demons. There was a story that I haven't told for a long time for some people that are new here. When I first got saved, many of you know my testimony, I wanted to play in the NBA. I wanted to be a professional basketball player. I ended up being able to play professional, but not in the NBA. Later, God gave me a, my, my dream back. But I was in college. I had dreams to play college basketball first, then play in the NBA, play professional. And I, I got saved. And in the first six months of being saved, there was a lot of spiritual warfare going on in our church. And our church taught back then how to fight it and how to bind it and how to do all these things. And so we would have people come in that were demon-possessed. And we'd have people that were in the occult come in. And there was this couple, this son, sorry, this, this brother and sister that came in. that were heavy, heavy, heavy into witchcraft. And they both got saved. And one day, the girl, her name was Sugar, 16 years old. I don't even know what her real name was. And she was 16 years old, and she manifested at the altar call. She began to manifest, and demons were in her life. And we took her out of the sanctuary to go pray for her. We had a basement in the church. 
This girl was a single girl, 16 years old. It took six guys my size to get her out of the church. Six men to take her out of the church physically. That's how strong she was in the, in the demonic power. And we took her down to the basement and we were praying for her and praying over her and casting those demons out. And at one point, I was right by her on one side and she turned to me and looked at me straight in my eyes with a man's voice, big eyes, demonic eyes, and said, I had plans for you. Devil speaking to me. And my dad was right there and he said, this means war. And my dad was like, ah! He cast them demons out of her, boy. But that was a real spirit speaking to me. That girl did not know anything about my life. But the devil did. And the demons did. He said, we had plans for you. Well, his plans didn't work, and God's did. Amen? Greater is he that's in us than the devil that's in this world. I could tell you many, many, many stories of spiritual warfare and how real it is. But I want you to understand that I, I fear today that in a lot of our churches in this world, there's witchcraft happening in the church. People that are in witchcraft attending the church, and the church doesn't even know it. That's not going to happen here. I promise you. That won't happen here. Because we have authority. Amen? There was a time the lady came into our church in Costa Rica and I, and I sensed something and I kept looking at her and watching her and she praised like everybody else and she prayed like everybody else and God said there's something wrong with her. She's not, something's not right. And about three weeks later, I was preaching and I said there's a spirit of witchcraft in this place and whoever you are, you need to leave. And she left and never came back to that church again. She was trying to see what she, if she could hinder. And, and that doesn't mean witchcraft hasn't, people and witches haven't been in here. They just can't do nothing. They can't have any power. They can't, they can't disturb the service. They can't, they can't hinder the service because I don't know about anybody else. I believe I'm not alone. But every single service, I bind the spirit of witchcraft. I bind the spirit of sorcery. I bind the spirit of divination. I bind the spirit of satanic activity. I plead the blood of Jesus all around this place. I bind the spirit of violence. I bind the spirit. I bind all those spirits before we ever start. You don't think that prayer room's important? But here's the key, church. Now that you learn these keys, keys to the kingdom, Jesus says, I give you the keys. Whatever you lose, whatever you bind, there's keys. But you better believe in Jesus. Don't be the person that's like the New Testament story in the book of Acts where they, he says, I bind you in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And the story says those demons jumped on him and almost left him dead. That's a true story. Don't be the one here in this church that says, I bind you in the name of Jesus that pastor preaches. I bind you in the name of Jesus that my parents believe in. You better know Jesus yourself. And if you know Jesus yourself, There is no power in hell that can defeat you. No power in hell that can come against you. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Will you look at one more verse with me? The Lord will cause, Deuteronomy 28, your enemies who rise against you. See, you hear me quote these things that when I'm preaching, I'm not making them up. They're in the Bible. 
He'll, he'll cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. How many of you want to see the devil defeated right in front of you? Right in front of your face. He'll fall. And they'll come out against you one way and flee like cockroaches seven different directions. How many want to see the devil flee from you seven different directions? Take a different street, pick a different house. Father, today we take authority as a church, as believers, over the powers of darkness. And there is no power in hell that can defeat the blood of Jesus. You said in Colossians, God, that you have disarmed every principality and nailed them to the cross. And Lord, it's by your stripes this morning that we're healed. And Lord, we thank you that every person watching online, every person that's in this place present today will become a soldier in the kingdom of God, Father, and will learn how to exercise their faith and they will not allow the devil to walk on them anymore. And they'll take authority over their house and they'll take authority over their phones and they'll take authority over their minds and over their finances and over their families and over their neighborhoods and over this city, Father. Because, Lord, as there are powers and principalities and wickedness in high places, there's a church that's bought by the blood of Jesus today that believes every word that the Bible says. And in this place, there's some soldiers who are going to rise up and stand against the enemy and fight the good fight and bind the devil on every side, Father, and see victory in the name of Jesus. Come on, give him a greater shout. Give him a greater praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One more Acts 26. Look at this. This is what our call is, church. To open their eyes. Whose eyes? The blind, spiritually. You and I were blind. Ephesians says we once were. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. Somebody went and preached the gospel to that woman who was in witchcraft for nine years. Somebody went and preached the gospel to that man who was in witchcraft for 25 years. And from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive, church, forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me, he says. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here in this place today and you're not saved, today's the day of your salvation. We're not here to play church. We're not here just to gather, check off the box. We're here because we're part of, a, of an army, the greatest army ever assembled the most important army ever assembled. And our, our power, church, listen closely, our, our call today, our, our duty today is not to beat up on people. It's to defeat the enemy in the spirit. That's who we're fighting against. It's not flesh and blood. It's spiritual. Even those, listen, the word, the word of the Lord's coming for somebody. Even those people in your family and family members and, and neighbors and co-workers that, that are a thorn in your side or, or they're so hard and you're angry at them, stop being angry at them. Stop praying against them and start binding the spirit that's in them. It's not them, it's the devil and the demons in them that need to be transformed, that need to be cast out. Pray for that situation that you can be light and bring them from darkness to light 
But how many in this place today could say, I'm not saved? I'm not born again. The devil's been ruling my life for too long. And today, I'm going to enlist in the army of God. Would you just lift up your hand all across this place and say, Pastor, pray for me. I see your hand. How many more? I need to be saved today. How many more? All over this place. Listen, I'm talking to somebody here that you might have been in church a thousand times. Church attendance is not going to get you to heaven. He's not going to ask how many times you go to church. He's not going to ask what church you went to. He's going to ask his son, is the name in the book? And the Bible says the only way to have your name in the book is to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. didn't say church attendance. It says, do you believe? The more I preach, the more I realize people in a church service have got to understand it's not just even raising your hand. It's not just even coming to an altar. It's do you really believe? I can't speak for you, but I believe with every fiber in my being that Jesus took my place on the cross. I believe with every fiber in my being there's a real devil and there's a real God and God defeated him on the cross. There's a real heaven and there's a real hell. And I was bound for hell, but because Jesus died for me, now I'm going to heaven. But it's not because of my church attendance. It's not because I'm a good person. It's not because I'm generous. It's because Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And he nailed all those things on the cross. And that's what you have to believe to be saved. How many can say, pray for me, please? I don't want to leave this place without knowing. Maybe you're backslidden. I see your hand. God bless you. You're cold. Maybe, maybe you have even at some point said the salvation prayer, but today you've been given a whole new understanding of what this means. It's not, just, it's not just become a member of a church. I'm enlisted in the army of God. This part isn't for salvation, but how many of us today, you don't have to raise your hand, how many of us today are not walking like the soldiers God wants us to be walking like? How many of us are too entangled with life that we're not being the soldiers God's called us to be. I want to be a better soldier. I want to be the best soldier I can be. I want to be a, a man under orders. I want to be able to have authority and power, but that comes from my prayer life. It comes from my humility. It comes from me talking to God and submitting myself to His authority. Five more seconds. You're not saved today. Just lift up your hand. Put it down. We're also going to pray for anybody that's watching online. If you raised your hand today, and you want to be saved, I want to ask you to do one more thing. Just step out of your seat. Come down to this altar real quick. Just find that closest aisle and just come down here. We're going to pray for you this morning. Amen. I can't make you come. I saw your hand go up, but I can't make you come. Come on, let's just wait a second. I believe there's a couple people that need to come. Come on, you raise your hand, just step out. See, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a public declaration this morning of my faith. Amen. God sees you. Amen. How many more? How many more? Amen. God sees that. God sees your boldness. Amen. How many more? How many more? Amen. Rededication. Amen. Say this prayer online. There's people watching online too. Just say this from your heart. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you today for your mercy and your grace to let me hear a salvation message. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I fall short of your glory. Jesus, please forgive me for failing, making mistakes, and not being good enough. 
Today I depend on you. I believe you took my place on the cross, shed your blood for me while I was still a sinner. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart Jesus Christ is Lord and his name is the name above every name. Father, from this day forward, help me walk as a soldier in the army of the Lord. Forgive me for all my sins. Wash me clean. Give me a new start. And I'll serve you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.